Hello, friends. Today we're going to be talking about Pamela Anderson, A Love Story, and the Hulu series Pam and Tommy. But first, my experiences with Pamela Anderson. Stay tuned. Hello, Movie Interrupted listeners. Welcome. I mean, there's only a few of you out there, but I appreciate you, all of you. Um, I haven't done this in a while. I've been crazy busy. Uh, there hasn't been very much content that has really motivated me to jump back on the microphone. It can be quite strenuous doing it yourself, you know? Um, I'm on the lookout for a co-host, hoping to nail one down soon. But anyway, I'm back talking about some of the content that really interests and inspires me um, and some of my takebacks on these because I just love talking about movies and TV. So today we're going to be focusing on two content products, uh, one from Hulu and one from Netflix, both, both based on the actress of Pamela Anderson. Now, if you say the name Pamela Anderson... Most of you would picture that red one-piece swimsuit running along the beach of California in Baywatch or possibly her many Playboy experiences and appearances. The blonde hair, the makeup, the boobs, that giggly personality really painted Pamela Anderson in the 90s as a bit of a dope, a bit of a bimbo and a quintessential sex symbol. Uh, We hadn't had anyone like her during that time period, and so she stood out like a sore thumb and became this kind of icon in herself. Now, that was the 90s. Last year, we saw Pamela Anderson's whole life experience um, be made into a TV miniseries. Pam and Tommy dramatized the incident of the stolen sex tape, the first celebrity sex tape. Uh, It drove the world crazy when this thing came out, and it was at the very height of Pamela Anderson's career. Now, Pamela Anderson is telling her own story through her autobiography memoir and a Netflix documentary, Pamela, A Love Story. I didn't sleep last night at all. If anybody's watching this, go to hell. I blocked that stolen tape out of my life in order to survive. And now that it's all coming up again, I feel sick. I want to take control of the narrative for the first time. I don't think people consider her the owner of her own image. It's Pamela Anderson, public property. I didn't feel like I had a lot of respect. Did you want to be a serious actress? I am a serious actress. to make a career out of the pieces left. But I'm not the damsel in distress. I put myself in crazy situations and (laughs) survived them. I don't care what people think. I want to talk to you a little bit about my... I said experience with Pamela Anderson, but more explicit, more... The better term for it is how I am aware of Pamela Anderson. So as I said, Pamela Anderson was really big in the 90s. In the 90s, I was going through my teenage years. Uh, I feel like you might be starting to connect the dots. Um, I was never a huge fan of of Baywatch. Um, I knew of it. Um, I loved the theme tune, and I believe I might have recorded it onto a cassette at some point and listened to that. 
back in the days where you would sit in front of the TV with a, a record player and record, you know, the various scores of movies and things like that. Yeah. I had that mixtape of, you know, the back to the future score and the Baywatch theme tune and other quintessential eighties and nineties TV shows. Um, but I guess where I really knew Pamela Anderson was as I progressed into my teenage years, I came across her on Playboy. Now, where we used to go to high school, um, we used to have about 20 or 15 or 20 minutes in between catching a train to getting on a bus. And there was the local news agency. And it became a common practice being between me and a few of the other high school boys that we would walk along the aisle and walk past the um, adult magazine section. And instead of standing there and picking up a magazine, we would pick up you know, whichever one grabbed our eye quickest, walk around the corner to the garden section and then put that magazine within a better, within the middle of a better homes and gardens and, you know, have a look through it. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure the news agents eventually twigged on because there was four boys who are really in-depthly looking at the better homes and gardens magazine. I don't think he knew, <laughs> I don't think he thought we were actually building gardens or into horticulture or whatever. And surely there was a couple of old retirees in our community who went to buy a better homes and gardens and accidentally had a playboy fall out. <laughs> I mean, that would have been damn hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pamela Anderson was like no other woman during that age. She stood out. Um, she was just an iconic sex symbol. And so whenever she appeared on the Playboy magazines in the nineties, it was something that as a teenage boy, you gravitated towards. And I have a very distinct memory of, um, one year they released like a best of, it was a, a complete Playboy magazine with none of the articles in it because you know, who reads them, but it basically had all of Pamela Anderson shoots to date in this one book. And, um, I was obsessed with this book. To say I went into the news agents every day and had a look at it is an understatement. Um, I tried to purchase it from the news agents by buying several magazines and having that at the bottom, at which point the news agency said I shouldn't be looking at them and basically explained to me that he knew what we were doing and we should get out of his shop. Um, but that did not leave me undeterred. I... I plucked up uh, the courage and went up to my fairly religious father and asked him and tried to persuade him to buy the magazine for me, to which point he said, um, son, I've never bought one of those magazines and I don't plan on doing it now. So, you know, sadly I did not get the magazine, but you know, it was probably for the best to be honest. <laughs> so that was where I knew Pamela Anderson. I... I was aware of her barb. Well, I wasn't aware. I loved her barbed wire film. It was a horrible film, but you know, the scenes I'm talking about, um, the TV shows that she did later on after the sex tape really played into that. I'm a dope. I'm a bimbo, a sex symbol. And I maybe watched an episode or two, but they weren't good shows, you know? And at that point she kind of made some really um, different life choices. And really it was quite, quite bizarre. And, and that took away from the attraction or the interest I felt for her. And yeah, 
But anyway, I, upon looking at these two series, I walked into it with that frame of mind is that I was really attracted to Pamela Anderson as a teenager, found her a really interesting person, but really knew nothing about her life. And so I watched the Hulu series, Pam and Tommy, and I found that it was really interesting in that I knew nothing about the steps that led up to the sex tape being released. Um, I was able to connect, not connect. I was able to understand where the, the bad guy in the story, the Seth Rogen character who stole the tape in the, the narrative that the Hulu series put on, we saw Tommy as the bad guy. He was in that series. Whether he is in real life is is something we'll never be able to decide because we don't know the backstories. But he was a real asshole to this guy. And so it was almost warranted for this guy to get his money back and get back at Tommy. And, and poor Pamela was just somehow stuck in the middle of Tommy's arrogancy and this guy's theft. Um, it was an interesting series. I would say the first three episodes I really found interesting as it progressed on. Um, I kind of lost interest in it, but the one episode that really, there was kind of two moments in that series that really stuck out to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, the first one was when Tommy and Pamela got married um, in Cancun. And we had this huge scene of them going at it like rabbits. And initially I thought, well, that's weird. Lily, I think her name is Lily James doesn't look like that. And after a Google search, I learned that she was wearing prosthetics and things like that. And I thought if they needed to do that for the actress, was it really worth it to have those sex scenes in to really make it um, like that, knowing that these two real people are still very much alive. They have children, they have family members. Um, I, f I found that really weird and almost a bit off-putting just knowing that there were two real people in the world who we were telling the story of. And then we saw them in that way. The other scene was during the court scene when the men were interviewing Pamela Anderson and really demeaned her for the choices she'd made about her body and her life and the way she presented herself in her career. And I realize now in my intro and beginning comments, I've done that myself. However, I was shocked to think that Pamela Anderson didn't own her own image that because she put herself out there, um, she basically had no power. She could do nothing for this sex tape. And I found that really confronting. Now, fast forward to when Pamela Anderson, um, has released her memoir and her Netflix documentary, Pamela, a love story. I found that really interesting and really eye-opening to see Pamela Anderson as this real person. Um, she wasn't particularly putting on a show, except I still feel there was an essence of a character there. I, I wonder whether she was still her real self because she was such a, a light person, uh, a very chaotic in her mind person. Ideas would pop in and out, um, very carefree. And, but extremely positive and happy, you know, even when she was talking about some of the, the negative things that had occurred in her life, she still treated it with 
a air of positivity and it happened for a reason and I got through it and it made me stronger. But when it came to her talking about the, the sex tape, um, she had her two sons around her, which, I mean, those two boys look very, very similar to Tommy Jones, which I found um, very interesting. But having having to hear her explain it to the boys and them talking about their impressions as they're watching this Hulu show and and things like that, you realize how much of a violation this thing was. You know, we, we didn't really see the real person behind it. We didn't see the effect it had on her. And to see the way that she was treated before that, that, that somehow in our society it made it acceptable for us to, to put her in that box as a, a pure sex symbol. Um, I found that so, so confronting. And looking back at some of those um, interviews with Jay Leno and other characters like that who directly asked her about her breasts, and she's like, wow, that somehow that was acceptable in those those days. Like, thank God it's not now. But to see that, wow, it looks so dated and so cringeworthy. And you could even see her kind of cringing a little bit, but understanding, you know, I need to play my play the part. You know, I need to move forward. I will say, I, I really connected this to the Elvis story. Um, mostly because I've only just finished reading the biography and watching the, the movie. But I found that these people that have talent or have ambition are really such a product of the people around them who assist them, who open the doors for them. And I, I wondered, you know, what would Elvis have been like if he had have had a manager that looked after his well-being, that chose... Um, roles and, and, and gigs for him that really worked for where he wanted to go. And I felt the same way for Pamela. You know, you think if someone had have connected with her in those really early days when Playboy first found her and spoke to her about what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You know, you want to be a real actress? Then let's start with Baywatch and build your profile and move on to something else. You know, we need to stop doing this and emphasize that and it didn't seem like she had that. The The impression I got was she kind of floated through careers and she saw what she needed to be. And there was this one audio cut from an interview she did on Baywatch where she spoke about someone was asking her, uh, do you feel like you're a real actress? Or something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. And she said, but I am a real actress. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, yes, but no. And, and I say that because, yes, she was doing real acting on Baywatch, but people weren't tuning in for that. And I think that was the difference. You know, like, we all could probably pick a few actors or actresses who have done roles where it was purely a, a visual component. But then those people have transitioned into more of a dramatic role or more of a comedic role. They've done something further with that first um, role. And perhaps for Pamela, the sex tape eroded that path. You know, she might have gone into somewhere different. But the sex tape certainly crashed her career and she had to kind of pick up the pieces from there on. 
and see what people would allow her to be in in the limelight. I wish I had to know more about her activism as time went on. I, I knew a few of her Peter campaigns, but I found that really... I always find it inspiring when people donate their life to a cause, something they feel so passionate about, and when celebrities use their voice for something that they they feel so strongly about rather than just, you know, the typical tax haven. Um, the very last thing I'll say is that out of all this thing, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that we don't own our own image. Um, this Hulu series, which no doubt earned a massive amount of money just for the pure publicity of it, would have earned a, a mozza of money. And Pamela, Tommy, and her boys and whoever else involved would have seen none of that. Even though not only did they not just use their likeness, the person looked exactly like them. They used their words. They used interviews. They used, you know, it was, it, sh it was them. They deserved money from that. And whether they were offered it and turned it down um, here or there, but the fact that they couldn't say no to it, I find that really scary that we're in that place in our world where you don't own your own image. You know, we see that all the time when um, paparazzi take pictures of celebrities and they own that picture. If that celebrity posts that picture on their Instagram, they have to pay the paparazzi for a picture of themselves. Isn't that crazy that you don't own your own image? Um, that was one of my biggest takeaways is that um, your life can be represented in whatever way media wants and you don't have a say it would take a, a a mountain to stop that from happening and i find that something that for me that's the biggest takeaway from this is that we need to do something to make sure that whoever it is you have control over your own image and the people who take photos of it because as we move into this social world and where photos and videos and things like that last forever this the thought that you don't control the image of yourself is terrifying. Well, what did you think of the Hulu series Pam and Tommy and the Netflix documentary Pamela, A Love Story? Did you agree with my points? Did you have a few different ideas? I would love to get your ideas. And if you'd feel like sharing them, jump onto the show notes where I have left a link where you can leave a voice comment, which I would gladly add to the next show. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Movie Interrupted. And hold on soon because we'll do another couple of interrupted phone calls with some really cool characters from movies I love. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.